This is Don't Forget the Small Stuff, and today we're talking about The Raid. Andy, where were you hiding? Oh, uh, just behind the false wall there. Oh, yeah, good hiding spot. Yeah, good. Although, you're lucky, because that's normally where I practice my machete stabbing. Welcome to Don't Forget the Small Stuff, the podcast that celebrates the overlooked and forgotten little moments in films. I'm Jess, and with me today is Andy. Hello. You can find us online at smallstuffcast.com. We are at smallstuffcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can always contact us using email at smallstuffcast.com. Our music is by the awesome Skeleton King. Find more of Skeleton King's work by following the link in the show notes. Okay, we are back. Finally, we've had a bit of a break from recording and releasing episodes. So to any regular listeners, apologize. Um, the reason being, uh, unfortunately, my mum died halfway through the last month. No, it was the beginning of last month. Uh, and so um, we were all a bit distracted with um, funeral arrangements and visiting her when she was particularly ill in the care home and things. Uh, but we are back to normal now. Um, but I do want to just acknowledge the moment actually so mm -hmm. my mum obviously it goes without saying that my mum's formative in my in my <laughs> life uh, as it is with everyone but uh in terms of my enjoyment of film specifically and so how it relates to the podcast I think mum was particularly formative I've mentioned her multiple times in previous episodes mm -hmm. so uh I think you know it deserves a, at least a mention that uh and and something actually I said it, during the funeral, in fact, I, I made a point to say that one of my favourite ever car journeys with my mum, she took me through scene by scene Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, <laughs> which, uh, you know, I don't know if that's an unusual thing for a, a, a mum and son to do. But you've ne still never seen it. And I've still never no. seen Psycho, but I know what happens because of that, that car journey. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, shout out to my mum. Yeah, if it was good radio, we'd have a minute silence. Yeah, we're not going to do that. No. No, sorry, mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure she'll forgive you. Yeah. What else has been happening, Andy? Any Anything exciting in your life? Yeah, I think, well, not not specifically exciting in my life, but um, I think given um, where we are with the, the podcast uh, and the number of episodes we've done and the, the, the kind of forced break that we've had, there's a couple of things that have um, sort of cropped up, I think, from previous recordings that I wanted to to bring up. And I think you've got a couple of things as well, so maybe mm -hmm. we'll just um, bat these uh, couple of things around. Yeah. The first thing I wanted to talk talk about was um, stupid animated Blu-ray DVD menus, right? Oh, yeah, just... What, the, what are they, right? So it goes without saying in this day and age, most of the stuff we watch... It's generally streamed from yep. one service or the next. A, only a couple, I think, of the, the movies we've seen have, have actually had on physical copy, and The Raid is one of them. I uh, I got this on Blu-ray. I think you might have bought it for my birthday once, Jess. What a good friend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I fired it up, and what is going on? So the menu... How did you watch it? On Netflix. Okay, right. So... For those who have seen the physical version, right, certainly in the UK, I don't know whether or not it's different elsewhere, 
but the menu system is um, it's kind of first person. So you mm. you <laughs> you're like this, and I'm assuming it's supposed to be a character from the movie. I have no idea, but you are you're in first person and you're wielding a knife, right? And and your cursor is a spinning it's kind of machete, oh, and if you God. click on something, the guy kind of your character moves towards something and then something it's the worst it's slow it's the ant it's got like three frames of animation it slows everything down it's i hate it when all you want to do is just get on with the film i hate it who has time <laughs> it's like so bad the way you described it reminded me of like the old video games um operation wolf and operation thunderbolt where yeah. you had to like shoot bad guys as they but it was it was very much first it was like mm-hmm. the archetype yeah. First person shooter, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's so I hate it and I hate them completely. I think this is the worst one I've ever seen. Uh, it feels so low budget. So it's like a, it's like an interactive, almost video game menu. <laughs> so bad. Are there any penalties for missing your the thing, the well, menu well, item no, that you want? Because it hovers over the menu item, oh, okay. but actually because it, it's so bad and slow, it's sometimes not clear what you've clicked on. <laughs> I mean, I know this is a low budget movie, but come on. It did well, pretty well at the movies, right? Yeah, no, I think... The production values... I mean, I think, the, actually, you know, the production values of this film are incredible, and it, given what presumably mm-hmm. its budget was. So they could have gone the extra mile, or not bothered, and just, just made a just, regular menu. Honestly, just give me text. Yeah. Right? It sucks. But that goes back to, like, that goes back to old DVD days as well. Like, DVDs had some ridiculous kind of interactive menu systems on some of them, didn't they? And, like, mm-hmm. doors opening and... Yeah. Closing and then cutscenes and <clears throat> just yeah. just play the content I want. And actually, it, do you know? Do you remember when Blu-ray came out and there was a thing that because there was some persistence on the device that you were watching the movie on, mm-hmm. and it would say, "This is a new format. Um, your firmware of your device might need updating, so to get the latest features." What? <laughs> Why do films? Some films still say that. Like, who's who's doing Blu-ray Live or whatever they call it? It's the worst. Hate it. Well, cause especially considering, <laughs> especially considering who buys Blu-rays anymore. Really, who yeah. buys physical media in any well, way? On that subject, my next point actually mm. leading leads me on to the other physical film I watched was Alien, mm-hmm. and I meant to bring this up, and I've already apologised for the mother AI thing. Uh, I'm going to well not apologise. I'm going to point something out which I also hate. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of hate today. So, Still a ten, ten out of ten. Yeah, on the back of the blue. I, so I, I, I actually own the Alien box set. I must have bought it about ten years ago. I think it's got Alien, Aliens, Alien Three, and Resurrection in it. Yeah, and uh, so I, I, when when we were watching Alien, as you do, I kind of like the physical mediums. So I was like looking around and reading the stuff on the on the box, and on the back, the top of the the print on the on the rear of the Blu-ray box, it says. On Blu-ray, everyone can hear you scream. <laughs> and I've hated a lot of things in this podcast so far, but that is the most hated. What does that even mean? I mean, it's just... It's almost hard to kind of comment on it because it's so nonsensical. Well, the thing about Blu-ray is, over, over and above everything, is the the visual fidelity, right? Yeah. It's nothing to do with screaming and anyone hearing it. I get you can get, you know, better audio encoding and all that nonsense but come on what is that who who signed off on that was it being 
yeah, well, let's because put the whole the point prompt. of the film is in space, no one can hear you scream. So wait, does this make it like worse? They should, they, have, they should have watched Blu-ray. Yeah. Apparently everyone would have heard it. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's stupid. I'm going to stop ranting. No, fair enough. Um, so you've talked about a couple of things <laughs> that you, we have watched for the podcast, but I wanted to mention one thing that I've been watching um, outside of the podcast. So I've been watching Andor, mm-hmm. the, um, the Star Wars series. Mm. Yep. So after the second season of The Mandalorian... I had pretty much checked out of the Star Wars TV series. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't interested. The Mandalorian, I just was really disappointed. I didn't mind the first season, but the second season I found really disappointing. Uh, and then I heard uh, Van Latham on the Rewatchables say that he thought Andor was one of the best Star Wars things he's ever seen. That I've heard. Yep. Uh, and so I thought, well, I've got to, I've got to give it a watch. And I, I agree with him. It's incredible. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's... It's smaller scale than the movies, obviously, but it, it dovetails quite nicely with Rogue One, as you would imagine, uh, in terms of just its tone and, and the main character and things. Uh, and it's just really well done. It wasn't done on, I can't remember the name of the uh, technology they used when they make the, made the Mandalorian, but it's basically that, that room the, where the wall, the circular room where the walls are all uh, HD mm-hmm. um, screens yeah um, it was done on location in real places so it's got a kind of grittiness and attack yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, and Stellan Skarsgård is in it your your and my favorite Stellan Skarsgård and he's unbelievable he's well, just so good in it is there's a there's, I mean I don't want to do any spoilers or anything but there's there's a scene um towards the end of one of the episodes where he's just chatting to someone but it's quite heated discussion and his he has like a monologue where it's just like he's throwing a hundred miles an hour, as they say in in baseball terms. He's unbelievable. It's so good. So I'm yeah. recommending Andor. Well, and I need to. Well, I started watching it. I've watched the first episode with uh, my kids, and yeah. uh, and then we started watching. It. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, you know, that standard. Um, before we move on, yeah. as we're talking about recommendations, and I'm not going to do this every week when we mm-hmm. talk about fantastic things we're watching because we'd be here forever. But I'm almost done with uh, the Apple TV show Shrinking with okay. Harrison Ford. Uh, it's incredible. I don't know it. Um, yeah, it's it's up there with Ted Lasso for me. as some of the best TV I've ever seen. Shrinking. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I'm going to write it down. You should. Yeah, even though we're standing right next to each other and you can tell me when we're done. <laughs> I'm going to write it down anyway. <laughs> okay, good. Let's Let's move on to The Raid. And we saw this in the cinema together, Andy. I knew. I remember... Mm-hmm. Being at your house before I knew anything about it, and there was a copy of probably Empire magazine, and it had a short review of the raid, and you kind of pointed it out to me as mm-hmm. basically they were saying it's like one of the greatest action films ever made yeah, in time. this review, yeah. Yeah. and so we were quite excited to see it in the cinema, and we weren't disappointed, I don't think, were we? I certainly wasn't. No, no, I mean we, as you say, um, I think someone had. had suggested that it was basically like a video game in movie form where you just need to get to the top to beat the boss and that that hooked me um i like simple things anyways <laughs> um yeah and i remember i don't think there were too many people watching with us it was relatively mm-hmm. relatively empty but there were audible groans and, and and screams and stuff um which added to the experience greatly it's hard not to, isn't it? Even mm. watching it again a couple of times, it's whew, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't pull its punches. Huh. Yeah. Huh. yeah, I think 
it's interesting you said there weren't many people there at the cinema. I think maybe there aren't going to be many many people listening to this podcast because <laughs> I, I'm not sure it's got the audience that maybe it deserves. Uh, but mm-hmm. but also it is very genre. It's very niche. It's very violence heavy. So you know that rules out a lot of cinema film watchers in general. Yep. All right. So I found it a little bit difficult to chronologically go through this in terms of like organizing my thoughts so we might be a little bit all over the place uh but (laughs) yeah we talked about this briefly beforehand um uh, it's not quite so easy to slice this one up sorry there's another knife (laughs) pun right there uh slice this one up into um into obvious chronological chunks you know we're not going to sit here and tell you we're now on level six Mm. uh that's dull we don't want to do that you don't want to hear it so yeah, there's, there's there's some key story beats I think we'll we'll focus on uh, or bits that we particularly want to talk about, but um, it's probably less structured, but probably better for it this time around. I think. Right, but I do. I am going to start at the beginning. It's a very good yep. place to start. So we see him. I don't know, warming up for the day mm-hmm. in his in his apartment or his house or whatever. And I think you and I both clocked it when we saw the film for the first time. It tells you exactly what kind of movie this is going to be when he starts working on the punching bag. And it, it gets very vigorous very quickly. Like yeah. normally you see people on punching bags just, you know, giving single single yeah, shots. Uh, and he is going for it. I love that. I love it. I'll, I'll touch on it later, but I, I love that part where he's... I mean, I'd be knackered after one third of what he's doing. Yeah, I don't know, it was like 5 a.m. or something just going for it i didn't actually t- clock the time on the clock the time on the watch what? no i think the only time i saw mm, does he look at a, well no a, the opening scene is a watch on uh, on the desk or the camp table yeah, right? i've never right. actually looked at no. what time it is no there is a there is a clock the lieutenant when he's waiting for them checking his watch yeah. also like, call ourselves don't forget the small stuff we literally have mm. not looked at what time it was on the watch which no. probably is Oh, it's like practice. the ultimate small stuff, isn't it? <laughs> uh, then they are uh, they're in the the truck on the route on on route not on the route on the route as well to the tower, and we we kind of get to meet all of the main characters. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because this this I'm not going to use the word or the phrase pulling up punches, but we it gets straight into it. You know, we're. There's not, there's not even preamble, is there? Really, it's like straight into the truck, and 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 the lieutenant, the sergeant, is describing mm. what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And the point I wanted to make here is, we watched on my, my Blu-ray. There was a UK theatrical version and a fully uncut version, which I did not watch because I'm not a fan of gore, especially <laughs> knife gore. <laughs> this is not the right movie for you. I uh, know it really isn't. But I watched this twice, and the first time I watched it. Um, this was jarring because I watched it in English with, uh, sorry, with the English dubbing. Yeah. That was a poor choice. Uh, yeah, we, 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 it was When we went to see it in the movies, it was obviously Indonesian, I guess yeah. it is. I did watch this again. The reason I did that, by the way, is because I wanted to watch it with my son and, and he did, he, he wasn't, he wasn't buying the idea of having to read. Exactly. to watch it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, goodness gracious. It's worth pointing out that your son is is late teens now he's yeah. not <laughs> he's not like six or something no, let's be clear he is yeah. 17 years yeah. old so yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable watching this stuff with yeah. him but uh he wasn't comfortable 
reading <laughs> when all you wanted. I kind of pitched it to him as a, an exciting action movie. Mm. So I was surprised at how much worse it was with English dubbing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. I haven't actually... I know you encouraged me to watch a little bit of it, but I haven't actually done it. it it's like, um, you know, when you watch or, well, an old Kung Fu movie, right? Mm-hmm. It, um, the guys seem to have overly deep voices and talk yeah. too slow. And there's something, it's like listening to a Wu-Tang song yeah. with all the Kung Fu kind mm-hmm. of stuff cut through it. So it was, um, it was like that then? Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to say. So uh, that's the first time there's any... Uh, kind of meaty bit of dialogue and it was we were laughing because oh, it was it was not good is it well because no, i would seen it before i was cool with it knowing full well i was going to watch it again yeah. um properly so to speak which i did but um yeah i wanted to uh yeah if you can uh, if you haven't seen this before and you're going to watch it do not watch it um with english dubbing okay subtitles all the way yeah yeah uh, there was a little moment in the the scene in the truck that I thought was quite funny because, as you said, the sergeant is giving them the the lowdown, and there is a moment and I can't remember exactly what it what he says that makes this happen, but it was he was just there wasn't like a cue, it wasn't like a okay like police on three or anything like that. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all of the guys in the truck go yeah like they like just like a yes sir kind of thing, all synchronized. Um, yeah, like they it, do. They've rehearsed it multiple times, but it was in the, just in the middle of the, the the briefing. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. There are some bits in this movie which I'm like, mm. Mm. but anyway, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna talk about, or at least I'm gonna mention when. Uh, what's the bad guy's name? What is his like? Ma. Is it uh, Tamal? Tama. 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 No, oh, I don't know. Anyway. Honestly, this is not a great start. We honestly, yeah. we've watched this film. <laughs> Promise, watched it twice. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the main bad guy is like executing those guys. Yeah, uh, in his office, like weird choice, but anyway. Uh, and obviously, <laughs> yeah. he's got a whole building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got what appears to be like a torture room. Yep. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you could just do it there. Anyway, when he runs out of bullets, he goes to get the open yeah, the drawer, right? Yeah, yeah. The top drawer <clears throat> of his desk. Top right hand drawer, which I feel like for me as a right handed person, top right hand would be like your most important stuff. It's pens, it's he's paper. Got, he's got six bullets and a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's <laughs> he, he does. Yeah. He's just not. He's just not into any admin. No admin. Just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, before we continue in the building, I'd like to point out something which made me chuckle as they. You know, they get the 30 seconds in the truck. The, yeah. the guy, the driver says, oh, 30 seconds, knocks on the back. And they're, they're kind of, they, they arrive as if it's like a covert operation, which of course it is to a degree. Mm. And I mentioned it briefly just now. The, the lieutenant, who we will talk about more, is just stood there. Yeah, right? he's not. He's, he's not like waiting for a bus. Yeah. Like these guys turn up and they're, you know, almost a military arrival. And this guy's like leaning up against a post, checking his watch. He's very casual. <laughs> Wearing the wrong coloured shirt. Yeah, I thought that was a bit weird that he was just like hanging out there. Yeah. Why did they? Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, it's his operation. <clears throat> he can do what he wants, right? Mm. So you mentioned that, like the, the this kind of special ops kind of vibe that they're giving. I actually think it's one of the best, coolest special ops silent comms scenes ever where... 
they're like doing really cool specific yeah, hand him. signals and like he he calls one of the guys up to the front and and the main guy rama like taps his mm-hmm. head as if to say you need to go to the head of the, mm-hmm. the queue and stuff like that and it's just so i guess the point i'm making is not only was it incredibly cool but it shows you that these guys know what they're doing. They're they are genuinely mm-hmm. like elite forces, yeah. uh, and so you're thinking, yeah, these guys are awesome. They're gonna they're gonna wipe the floor with this building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think it just it's it sets a good precedent. Like you're thinking, okay, something something major's got to go down for these guys. To, uh, so I think that's that's a really cool detail. On the back of that, when the civilian what does he what does he live in number 726 whatever it is yeah when he when he's trying to get in like he's getting his keys right yeah they they all all of the police like like sort of come into the background of the shot there's a funny shot completely isn't silent yeah yeah and he has no idea they're there no it's so good i don't really get it i don't really get that bit because jacka is like right in his face immediately He's really angry about well, it. Well, you've got to assume that everyone there is a, a criminal, right? He, well, I, I guess, but he doesn't... He can't take any chances, I guess, is the point. But he can. But when it's clear what, what he's trying to do, he explains that he's trying to get the meds to his wife. Yeah. He continues to be... <laughs> yeah. And like, he's not, even when he's walking away, he's insulting the guy. Well, give him a break. Yeah. Yeah, you don't really like him very much, that guy. No. All right, but they get in. They do that cool takedown of the, of the guard. Mm-hmm. At the watching TV, which is quite cool, and then yeah, then they're off, like tying dudes up and and sticking tape on them. Yeah, that bit's quite funny. They keep showing the floors like they're going up. Right, yeah. I say funny, it's not, but it <clears throat> it show it shows you what this movie is about, right? Go up. Yeah, and this, you know this progression is measured by floor number, certainly in the early part. Mm-hmm. It all turns when the they see the kid at the end of the hallway and. Uh, he they don't they don't stop him from raising the alarm essentially, uh, and then it all goes all goes to hell. The alarm is raised as you've written in in the notes mm-hmm. here, Andy. I just wanted to point, well, not point out. I want to say at this point that there are several points where during this film that I cover my eyes, and Lieutenant shooting that kid. I can't, I can't watch it. I mean, is is it because of the the fact that it's a kid? Is that the issue? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we've seen films. In I don't the past have that one. issue. That's weird. What does that make me? Heartless. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying? We've... No, I'm just saying we've seen we've been to see films before where um, kids are put in danger. Mm. I remember watching American Sniper with you, and there was that point where he was going to take out the kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was like sweating, mm. and they make you sweat as well, don't they? It's the same thing. I didn't, and obviously, having seen this a few times, you realise that the bad guy the real bad guy is the lieutenant ultimately yeah and yeah that doesn't help matters that's a good point so i i guess i was always thinking we i'm assuming that everyone in the building is about is bad and so mm. that kid is also bad but actually the kid might just be running like because he's scared because there's a whole bunch of police officers he might not be raising the alarm at all mm-hmm. um, and also he's being controlled by the people who He's being manipulated and controlled by the people mm. who run the building, so he is still an innocent in, in the, um, in the yeah. grand scheme of things. Anyway, yeah, I thought that I don't like that bit. It's horrible. Mm. It's a you know. What does he say? Like it just says police. I no, think he's, he's no, no, no. Sorry, he. Oh, because Jacka says, "What are you doing?" And he says, "Necessity yeah. or something." Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's what the subtitles say. 
they're in trouble at this point and the alarm is raised as you've said uh so when he says we're going to call the neighbors and they bring the snipers into the building opposite and they they shoot the two guys outside and then they shoot the guy in the who's in the building but looking out the window yep as a really i can't it's it's hard to say it's a nice touch (laughs) (laughs) but when he leans he falls forward after he's been shot through the goggles he falls forward and the blood starts pouring out of the hole in the goggles it's really grim it's really grim but there's gonna listen we're gonna have to get used to that yeah this is you know this whole thing is pretty grim (laughs) (laughs) gotta be comfortable talking about yeah yeah that That bit's a bit weird though isn't it because there's the the dude with the um with the i don't know what you call it the escapologist man yeah yeah he's escaping from the chair yeah and his mate is there's the guy on who's just been shot in the face and then his mate is i don't know what he's doing he's calling his mate's name as if the man who's been shot in the face might wake up you know he's completely unaware of what's happening in the room mm. and he's i don't know i've never been in that situation i hope i'll never be in that situation but it's quite clear that that guy's beyond recovery um yeah. but the shaking and calling his name it's it's really strange uh, at least especially for an elite um yes forces dude but anyway the guy then obviously knifes them but no that's the end of them and then we get on to the um yeah, so there are several killings, as you say, from the the kind of now mobilized people in the building and neighbors. And then we get to that kind of um the first real, I think, show of force from the, the building's occupants where they ambush them from above. And it's it's really it's funny because I, I wasn't quite sure what was going on initially, because it's very dark. Yeah, um, intentionally. Yeah, and so what happens is the who's look. Someone's looking at the door because there's noise behind the door yeah. handle, yeah, and then yeah. there's the, the the flash of the muzzle yeah. lights them up, and then they go to town. And it's like a war zone. That's exactly what Marla said when we were watching <clears throat> it last night. It's like a war zone, and I don't know how much ammo they have. They're shooting quite a lot. Aren't there's they? there's yeah there's. There's quite a lot of gunfire. No one seems to reload. Well, we see we see the police reload a couple of times, um, like occasional police people reloading. I remember seeing the, the the sergeant reload his weapon at one point, but we don't see the bad guys. No, they're just shooting a lot. I and the numbers don't seem to add up either. They seem to be, I don't know, maybe fifteen policemen around the mm. balcony there, and it seems like about thirty die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah anyway um it's it's poor combat tactics as well why don't they why do they take so long to get out of there it's weird is it because there were people on the other side of the door i don't know you take your chances wouldn't you yeah i think out of the yeah the kill zone yeah yeah yeah. well and also but they they, they're some of them are in cover you've got to stay in cover you can't you Mm -hmm. don't want to leave cover and it's difficult right because they're the, the balcony is four-sided, isn't yeah, it? And yeah. yeah, I guess it's tricky. But um, anyway. So the way I see the film from more or less this point on is that it's just a series of um, set-piece fights with a few little bits of downtime in between. So the, mm-hmm. you know, the scene in the in the room, the, the the good guy's room, and then the scene between here, the Rama and his brother and that kind of stuff. So... I wanted to talk about the first hallway fight 
uh, when Rama and uh, the other guys, the injured guy, are sort of trying to mm-hmm. m- make it through the, and then they get they get attacked in the hallway. It's I think it's probably my favorite fight in the film because he's got the he's got the nightstick or the baton or whatever yeah. you want to call it, and he's got his knife. And he is just tearing things up. He's so good with both of those things, mm-hmm. and it's he just is incredibly cool. Uh, and some of the the way he dispatches some of the guys with that knife uh, is absolutely brutal. But <laughs> during that fight, he he basically gets disarmed. He drops the nightstick. He then drops the knife, and then he and eventually they 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 clear the hallway. Everyone is dead. And then they start stumbling back up to the room, right? Mm-hmm. He even tells the injured guy, leave it, when the injured guy tries to pick up the knife. Yep. No, take the knife. Take the nightstick. And why are you what? putting them down? You're awesome with them. Why are you leaving them there? I don't understand. Leave that loaded gun. You don't need yeah. that. I don't, it's really weird, isn't it? I mean, I know it, it, it facilitates the, the hand-to-hand combat in later in the film, right? So from a... From a filmmaking perspective, you probably need them not to have weapons. But no, just, just pick it up. <laughs> and later on, I can't remember exactly where it is. I think it's when he falls out of the window and he lands on the fire escape or the mm-hmm. balcony. He then takes off his stab vest or yeah. his bulletproof vest as well. Yeah, yeah. What, what are you doing? I don't, you I don't need get that. Bit. Because <laughs> he takes it off and he's going, ah. Yeah. Like, like I mean, he's I'm, injured or something? I'm assuming he's hurt. It's not like he takes it off to examine himself. Yeah. He Reminds just takes me of it off. Clark Griswold removing his watch in the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just throwing it. It's, I don't really understand why he just throws it, takes it off. It's um, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so, at this point, we get the first glimpse of. Uh, I'm calling him Machete Man. I don't know if he has a name in the credits or anything, but he is the the like the leader of the Machete Gang. Yep. Uh, what I love about him is that he does everything with his machete. Like he's walking down the corridor and he tells some of the guys that they need to go mm, and check that way. He pointer. points yeah, with yeah. the machete. Yeah. And then he goes into the room where the, of the friendly people yeah. and he's using it to throw the, the pictures off the wall. <laughs> he's, he's not, he's just, he's just yeah. like, it's like an extension mm. of his hand. Yeah. Um, he's at one with his machete and then obviously mm. he's uh, stabbing the wall with it. That bit, though, the wall-stabbing thing. Yeah. The best part about that is how uh, Rama cleans the knife of blood yeah. as he comes out. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's but, so good. Because you know you know that if um, if there's no blood on the knife, yeah. he's, they're done for. Brilliant. Yeah. So what follows the, the hiding in with the nice people is uh, the scene with Machete Man and his gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... So Rama is is essentially trapped in the dead end, um, and then there's a perhaps my second favorite fight scene uh, of the movie, and it's pretty brutal, brutal, isn't it? There's a couple of gnarly. Oh my god! He's so like, yeah. you, So the guy, first of all, the guy is flung over the balcony, isn't? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Is that the same? Yes, it is. He mm-hmm. comes through the door and falls off over the bank balcony, and then I assume breaks his back, and that's. Mm-hmm. I remember that being a large. Groan, um, groan yeah. in the in the movie theater when we watched that, but there's a there's a lovely shot. Uh, I'm kind of giving away one of my categories here, but I want to say it. There's a great shot. Uh, I think Rama's fighting two people at the same time, and the camera goes above. Because mm-hmm. uh, we don't really get many creative camera shots on the fighting. I mean, it's done all done exceptionally well, but I think that's one one bit where it makes sense given the confined space they're working mm-hmm. in. 
It's so good because he's got a guy both left and right in him, and he's he is absolutely railing on them. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I love that scene. I love that shot. I think it's exceptional. Um, well, I th- sorry to interrupt, but I think that was one of my overall general points: is that the use of overhead shots in this film is is really good. Obviously, we get it in the room when they're hiding behind the false wall, so we can yeah. kind of see both things. Oh yeah, and I forgot to mention about Machete Man when he he's like, "Hey, what's this?" When he sees the the yeah. weird wall. <laughs> to get to the wall, back of the sofa, which I think is brilliant. He's no nonsense, that guy. Anyway, um, yeah, and then the, the the scene where you're talking about as well, and there's a few other moments where they use directly above camera angles, which mm-hmm. I think is really great. Yep. Sorry, I interrupted. Go. No, that was it, really. I just wanted okay. to point out that I am giving away one of my um, my categories here, but that's very, very much standout shot for me. It's uh, super cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that is a 95, but it's really, really cool. Um, the whole thing is is excellent. There's a lot of ring and shouting in the fight. Yeah. It's a bit loud. I don't know. I've not been in a massive fight. People shout this much. Yeah, huh. Right, right in, please. Email Have you been in an enormous brawl? Yeah. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> How much shouting was there? That's a good point. What's the alternative? Like from a filmmaking perspective, what's the alternative? <clears throat> do you do you have slightly less shouting and ring, or do you? Do you have are silent they, fights? Are they pirates? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know how else to how else to verbalize it. Um, Obviously, if it was a pirate fight, they would be arring all over the place. Yes. <laughs> okay, I, I feel like we've been slightly derailed. So, where where do you want to go next, Andy? What's um, what's your next small stuff? So af- after that, we eventually get to the lab. At this point, they're reunited, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So the lieutenant and the other dude are Dagu. back in the Dagu, thank you back in the uh, in the mix, and yeah. So I think probably. The reason I like this one the best is because the lighting is so different. Obviously, it's a lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very bright. And it's um, more open than a lot of the yeah, other fights as well. Yeah, Lots so of quite, running. There's quite, yeah, there's a bit of locomotion going on. People are moving between uh, weapons and, and, and furniture and tables and all sorts of things. But the contrast between the way the, the elite forces dudes are fighting and the lieutenant. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's a brute force, isn't he? He's such an idiot. He's like... Oh, I'm going to hit you with a chair. I'm going to swing this this you know draw at you. So the chair hit. I mean, obviously they're all stuntmen and yeah. women stuntmen, and they're all um, trained and uh, uh, movie fighting and what have you. Mm-hmm. But the chair hit. That <clears throat> looks like a real chair mm-hmm. and a real hit on Doesn't the guy. Doesn't break, does it? No, it no. looks agony. And it made me. I started to watch the kind of. The knockout blows, if you like. Mm-hmm. It's quite obvious. Some people get, you know, a knife in the neck or something. Some people just get hit by a filing cabinet. I'm like, <laughs> well, hold on a minute. He gets, he, one of the guys has the filing cabinet dropped on him. No, that's true. Which is no, really good. I think that's the lieutenant. I think yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. They're obviously more of a fan of admin than they are. The, mm. the main guy is, is a, 
lot of paperwork in that filing cabinet but uh yeah i you know and there's there's sliding because there's like like some kind of drug i'm not sure what yeah well that was one of my questions what drug do we think it is do you think i mean i'm feeling it's probably heroin given the geography like the fact they're in southeast asia that's my assumption but if it's cocaine which it could also be they're all they're probably like <laughs> they're all inhaling that dust yeah, 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 like cocaine mm. and heroin would have two different very different effects on you if you were sort of um <laughs> a, a, a exper- i can only, I can only imagine maybe maybe the cocaine is is helping them fight yeah exactly maybe it's just maybe that's what's doing it i don't know they seem incredibly talented and skilled fighters for a bunch of uh lab workers but lab uh, technicians <laughs> yeah no exactly but yeah so i i, I thoroughly enjoy that fight scene as much as you can so um, there's a there's a punch by uh, Dagu, the uh, the third member of that mm-hmm. that crew. Uh, he punches a guy in the side of the neck, which I just think is it's like, and, it, and they linger on that shot for a brief moment. Oh, is that the guy like, who Rrr. just just collapses to one side? <laughs> yeah, <Is> that... <laughs> I think so. Then yeah, then the the big culmination or the big what do you want to call it? Like the uh, the final fight is between. Um, the brothers and Mad Dog. You had a tick in your box there. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? Isn't it just yeah. the most incredible thing? I've, I've said the lab fight is my favourite. I have reasons for that, but this, the athleticism and skill shown by these guys is just incredible, mm-hmm. and it's so well shot, and it's really believable. I mean, it's believable apart from the fact that do these guys ever tire out? No, no. I think I, I was thinking that, and I think it's just the way martial art films are in general like you know there's scenes where um andy the the mm-hmm. the brother rama's brother it gets his head smashed on the floor like five times mm-hmm. you, you're done yeah okay no matter what you've been yeah. doing that day you're done yeah okay but and he carries on but um apart from that <laughs> apart from the fact it's not really yeah. believable yeah it is incredible so the second time i watched it just this week i i spent most of that fight watching mad dog on his mm-hmm. own like I kind of didn't watch yeah. the other two, and his physicality—I'm so bad. I'm, I should know the actor's name, uh, but his physicality is phenomenal. He's just—I think it's slightly earlier on in the film um, when he's fighting the sergeant. Yeah, uh, and it's right at the beginning of that fight. He runs at him and leaps in the air, and yeah, and, oh, and yeah. I just punched my microphone. Just punches him uh, in midair. And it just the physicality of that guy is just incredible. So um, yep. yeah, worth pointing out. Are you looking up his name? Yayan Ruyan. Yeah, I think he's I'm probably butchering his name there. But we uh, should know this, given that we're a movie podcast. But I think he's pretty legendary in the in yeah. Southeast Asian action movie community. I think they both are both Rama and him. Are pretty hardcore. Unless you've got anything else to say about the the two on one fight. No, no, I mean, it's just okay. incredible, isn't it? Um, the the film kind of winds down after that point. I mean, that's definitely the fighting kind of finale, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else to, towards the end of the film? Yeah, I just wanted to point out, again, I'm no fan of the lieutenant. He's a buffoon at almost everything, even when he attempts to take his own life. Yes. He's, he's, he's done it wrong. The gun angle... If you oh, look at it, if no, there, if, even if there was a bullet in the gun, yeah, he's gonna like it would have gone through his teeth. chin and yeah. his teeth and perhaps the end of his nose, I and then he's just well. going to be ugly. 
So he's going to be stupid. And still alive. <laughs> ugly and still alive. And he's going to get murdered by whoever's going to come yeah. after him afterwards. So, idiot. Yeah. And he miscounted how many shots he'd fired already. Yeah. And it's also the tragic end of my guy, Dagu. Mm-hmm. Just, he'd done his job. He mm-hmm. just, and anyway, I feel bad about that guy. <laughs> All right. Good. Okay. So uh, that'll do it for the small stuff, I think. Shall we take a break? Indeed. Yes, let's take a break. Let's move on to the categories, starting with the quick hits. I tried to watch for backhanded spit wipes because I'm assuming there would be, but it's actually really hard when you're trying to try and pay attention to the action as well. <laughs> um, looking for backhanded spit wipes. I didn't see any. No, no. I didn't see any. Uh, Andy's hat. Any hats that you'd like to mention? I'm not sure there are any apart from the helmets that the police wear. I didn't notice any specifically. No, okay. Is so anyone wearing a hat? I don't think so. I mean... You would have noticed, I, I think. would have noticed, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, right, and then th- probably a little bit longer than a quick hit. Um, bad ways to die. There are many bad ways to die. Okay, I've got one. Go on then. Right, the dude who um, Rama body slams over the door threshold. Yeah. Right, I'm not like entirely sure. The, the bits sure. of broken door yeah, like, in the neck. And they linger on it more for longer than I'm comfortable with. And yeah. the guy's like twitching. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. Yes, <laughs> in terms of in terms of creative ways to kill someone, I think that was yeah. It's I said, so that that's mine. Yeah. Um, I think that got the second largest groan. Yeah. Uh, when we were watching this at the movies, so for me, it's Mad Dog. Mm-hmm. His death is just. I mean, as much as we dislike, mm-hmm. excuse me, as much as we dislike him, his death is the worst way to go for me. It's just yeah. Anyway, but let's not dwell. Mm. Let's not dwell. We're going to move to Audio Corner. I've got quite a lot of nominations for Audio Corner, and I still haven't 100% decided on my winner. Can I go through my nominations? By all means, yeah. Okay, so right at the beginning when they're in the truck and they all check their weapons at the same time and there's lots of clicking and mechanical noises. Metallic gun noises, yeah. Uh, When the main bad guy, whose name we still can't remember, is uh, giving his public address announcement to the whole building saying we've got an infestation the way he 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 finishes that it's like a close-up on his mouth and the microphone and the last word he says is just really sort of slow and de- delivered really nicely i like the way he says that you mentioned the acrobatic man who gets himself out of like the. He, yes, he's him. sitting down and he kind mm-hmm. of pulls himself out and he grabs the machete from under yes, the table. Yes, he does. A good the scrape, noise isn't there? that That's the machete scrape. makes when it's scraping along the bottom of the table, I like yeah. that. So there is a moment of uh, silence, if you like, when Mad Dog finally kills the sergeant in their fight yep. in the room after all of the, the, the grunting and you know shouting mm-hmm. and everything. It goes silent when he finally kills him, which I think is is an amazing, mm-hmm. uh, amazing way to do it. And then there's so the music throughout, I think, is brilliant. I think the the music is a triumph in this film. Yep. Um, I love the music right at the beginning 
when they're uh, approaching the building and they're doing their special forces kind of stuff. But there's a moment in the two-on-one fight in the torture room when Andy grabs Mad Dog's leg and it, the music is kind of pulsating and mm-hmm. sort of with as Mad Dog is kind of hopping back because his leg's being pulled, the music kind of hops with him. Yep. Yep. It's just so good. Uh, so those are my nominations. I'm still thinking about what I want to, what I'm going to pick as my winner. So have you got any other nominations? No, mine's easy. Mine's easy. Okay, uh, right at the start, it is the noise of the punch bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. One. It's simple for me. Um, there's not much noise going on other than him punching and elbowing. That kind of cool move they do when they hit twice with one blow. Yes. Anyway, that's and it's so fast. Yeah, and it's making a really satisfying thud. good all right i think i think for my winner i'm going to pick the um the music in general and then but as like a little kind of showcase for the the music it's that that moment in the two-on-one fight i think is is my favorite best looking scene again i've got a few nominations for this but i'm gonna let you go first for best looking scene i've already told you it's easy it's the dead end fight that's it the dead end fight meaning specifically the uh top down and there's a couple of seconds okay So the dead end fight, meaning the fight he has, yes. in, it's like the second, what I'm calling the second hallway fight. Second hallway fight yeah, okay. in a dead end. Yeah. It starts in a dead end. Yeah, so the, yeah. that shot from above. Yeah. Okay. So I love, speaking of shots from above, one of my nominations is when, again, right at the beginning, when they're um, the two squads of special forces oh, split, split off. Yeah, that's cool. And it just they're just so smooth and slick, and I love all that organization. So that, that works for me. Uh, I, I mentioned another one when um, Mad Dog jump punches the the sergeant in his first fight, but I think I'm going to go for for my best looking scene right before the two on one fight in the torture room. Mad Dog kind of has his head down and his hair is all sort of straggling across mm-hmm. his eyes and he just looks so menacing. It's just such a great like frame of yeah. impending awesomeness mm-hmm. so yeah that dog's face with the hair across his eyes is, is awesome <laughs> it's very specific yeah yeah definitely uh right the monsieur mendel award for our favorite incidental character there aren't many i don't think no, there's a one well yeah there, there aren't and there also there are actually okay, no that's that. true there, there are yeah no that's a good point yeah so mine um so the, <laughs> there's a guy in the lab fight right yeah Right, and it's one of the baddies, yeah, yeah. one of the lab technicians, if you like. And he, th- I like it because I like him because of his, his comedy, essentially. Because his tactic is to run at Rama on a table. He like, sprints at it. Yeah. And Rama doesn't move. And he waits for the guy to jump at him and just throws him into a filing cabinet. And that's <laughs> that, that guy. Okay. So, <laughs> um, man that got thrown into a filing cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your favorite. Yeah, yeah. I love him. So yeah, you you kind of you've approached this slightly differently. So I'm kind of excluding all of the like the I'm going to say incidental. I mean, it's literally the name of the category. So I'm excluding victims. all of the incidental victims. Perhaps I shouldn't. But who else is there? There's the, well, there's I'm going to the go Dagu. Okay, he's my guy. Okay. 
because uh, he has a cameo in the lab fight. Mm-hmm. Like he's good with his legs. He's yep. he's got a good kick action, and uh, and then the poor guy. I really feel like I feel for him because he was given a job to look after the lieutenant, which he mm-hmm. does exceptionally well, and then somehow he lets the lieutenant take take charge again. Mm. He's just good at following orders, old Dagu, I think. Yeah. And, and so that's when the lieutenant has the gun and he shoots him. And I just, yeah. So he's my um, yep. Monsieur Mendel Award winner. What's your favorite location? What's the best location in the film? I don't know. So it's probably the torture room. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything about that is cool. The lighting's cool. The yep. sort of slightly dusty lighting that's going on. It's dark. It's light. Um, yeah, um, it's it's that or the lab. But I've said the lab four hundred times already, so I'm not going to say the okay. lab anymore. I'm going to say the torture room. I think it uh, it houses probably the not necessarily my favourite scene, but probably the best scene. Yeah, the the the, the two on one scene. Yeah, most iconic, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm I'm going to quickly nominate just the balcony area, mm-hmm. which I'm not quite <clears> sure from a a building perspective. Like in terms of like building something like that and a, a apartment block, and what does that space do? Is it like ventilation? Is it because it's not a stairwell? It's not like you would expect it to be where there's stairs going around it or anything. It's just a series of balconies, one on top of the other. What is it for? I don't know. It's it's actually for my old building training training that I've had. I think it's bad. I think it's a massive fire risk. It's like a heat. No, that's a good point. Chimney, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've no idea why you do that. It's a huge waste of space, right? Okay, if you think is. about the floor space yeah. of a tower block, and you take out, mm-hmm. I don't know, thirty square meters in the middle of it on every floor, it's a stupid idea. Yeah, but a bit weird. Uh, so I'm, I am also going to agree with you. My favorite location is the torture room. Again, I love the lighting. There's a little mm. fan in the corner that yeah, yeah. is lit from behind, and so that's kind of changing the lighting in it. Yep. And um, yeah, it's great. Uh, what souvenir would you like from this film? I don't like it, but I'll, it's so. <laughs> it's going to be Machete's Man and Machete. Yeah, okay. I think that's fair. I mean, I don't even know if I put it on the wall. Like, hey, kids, look at my machete. Would you just I'll use go. it? Like, if you went out and do some gardening, gardening. and just actually cut some weeds i don't know the thought of it terrifies me <laughs> wielding such a i know what you do you keep it in your top right hand drawer along with your oh, hammer, with my and your hammer bullets, bullets. Yeah. yeah that's a good idea yeah, yeah so okay. i would take the machete um there are yeah. a few machetes so it has to be specifically machete, machete mans okay yeah. yeah so either that or the other thing i was thinking of is the lieutenant's white polo shirt <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that in a frame on the okay. wall it's so weird <laughs> Uh, good. Yep. So I'm going to suggest a couple of things. Uh, at the mm. end of the film, I'm, I think his name's Andy, the, the Rama's the brother, brother yeah, yeah. gives Rama a tin of videotapes. Mm-hmm. It's a battered, beaten up old tin. Mm-hmm. I quite like that. Like if you had that tin of tapes, that would be yep. all right. Um, I like... So in the scene where Machete Man is clanging his machete against the tile wall. Why? I'm here. Come and yeah, get yeah, me. Yeah, I know. The, um, the sergeant pulls out his knife. Yep. I don't know if all of the knives are like this, all of the special forces knives are like this, but I like it because it's got a black blade but mm-hmm. on, and only the actual, the sharp bit of the blade is silver. 
I thought that was quite a cool. It's got like the raggedy bit on yeah, top yeah. as well. So That's I quite like yeah, and the Sandra's the knife. combat knife, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also like. I mean, even though we have neglected to see what time it was on his watch, I like Rama's watch that's right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm going to go with the Sandra's knife. Boom. So we each have a blade. Good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and right, what about the Call Me Bronco <laughs> coolest look award? I really struggled with this. Call me Bronco. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I don't really have... I mean, I've mentioned the lieutenant's white shirt. I'm going to say the lieutenant only because he's the only person that stands out. No mm. one else wears good clothes. They're all dirty or suitably baggy to allow combat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, you know, the, the special forces outfits are cool because they're all black and special forcey. Yeah. Um, but that's all I've got. They I've don't got stand the, out because they're, nah, they're I've got the lieutenant yeah. and his white polo shirt. So I've written the lieutenant down, but not because of his white shirt. Um, it's because he's an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also he wears his watch on the outside of his fingerless gloves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really interesting. Everyone else has just got their watch on their wrist and he's got it pulled up right up to the on top of the he's fabric a, of his a, gloves. He's a veteran. He knows the score. Yeah. He knows yeah. how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for... I'm, I feel like I've said Mad Dog quite a lot for a lot of these. Um, I'm going to go for the Mad Dog's look. He's he's strangely um he's wearing a like a brown knit <laughs> for someone who's like the most badass person yeah. in the building apart from Rama maybe. He's got you know he's got cargoes on but yeah his his jumper is just like a, a zipped cardigan mm. brown and it just it looks it's nice it's a, he's got a good look. Um Excellent. So yeah, I'm going to go for a Mad Dog's brown knit for my uh, call, uh, call Me Bronco coolest look award. Uh, we will finish as we always do with closing <clears throat> credit. The named cast members in this film is astronomical. There's, there's, really? there are many, huh. many named characters. Um, <laughs> for example, there are literally twenty-one drug lab guards. Whoa, twenty-one! It's like drug lab guard one through twenty-one. That's astonishing. Um, well, one of which is the guy who gets thrown into the uh, filing cabinet, mm-hmm. incidentally. So I'm not picking a number. I'm picking a name. And that <laughs> man is Mohammed Nimin, who plays Panic Man. <laughs> it's not even panicked because there's a, there's a tortured man. Okay. Right? Yeah. And there's a panic man. Shouldn't it be panicked? Or, okay. So what's panic his, his job to create panic? Okay, I'm also trying to think who Panic Man no, is. No, I don't know. It's Mohammed Nimin. Incidentally, this is his one and only part he's ever been credited for, unsurprisingly. He's, well, I'm not he's, saying... He's received an award for it. He's yeah, received the closing credit. I'm not, you know, suggesting he did a bad job. Panic Man. Mohammed Nimin. Congratulations, Congratulations sir. Mohammed. If you know who Panic Man is, please let us know. Yeah, that would be... It would, I, would, I feel like I have to watch it again now just to look out for Panic Man. Hmm. Yeah, there right. we are. Mohammed, good, good lad. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you, Andy. Thank you. Next time, we will, we think, be discussing The Great Escape. We've got a few logistical things to sort out, but yes, if we can, we'll be watching The Great Escape. Perhaps give it a watch if you want to join us, but don't forget the small stuff. <laughs>